Welcome to episode 125 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, Jim Hallinan. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by Jim Hallinan. Jimmy, you're laughing because of that silence. I know it. It's the most awkward thing. <laughs> it's great. I'm down for it. Aram a long said, pause before starting the talk. <laughs> mm, Aram said he used to do that with his first dates back in the day. He would stare at them. And I said, what was the success success rate of that one? Zero percent. Shock. <laughs> Meanwhile, he wasn't on the date with them. He was just staring at them from a distance, <laughs> hoping that they would maybe come talk to him. And it never worked. <laughs> yeah, they, that's, that's a high possibility. <laughs> For anyone who, who doesn't get the context of that joke, uh, Jimmy and Aram have their own podcast, the Other Side Lifestyle Podcast, which is fantastic. Um, and, and so they're good buddies from that. But uh, aside from that, Jim, do you want to give a quick introduction of yourself to anyone who may not know who you are? Yeah, I'm small fries. Nobody knows me. That's okay. Uh, my name is Jim Hallinan. On uh, Instagram, I go by Jimmy Nutrition. Had to go with the whole Jimmy Neutron thing. It was easy to remember for mm. people. And uh, I'm a high school teacher. I've been a teacher for just wrapped up 22 years. Um, and I do nutrition coaching online. Small little fun fact, I own a driving school where we teach kids how to drive so they can get their permits and licenses. But I'm really hands off with that. I have somebody that runs that and um, yeah, a little, some little side biz. I did not know that, but you just, you just try yeah. and teach everything that's possible. It's weird. I, I kind of came across that realization that everything that I have done in my whole life has revolved around teaching. Even in college, I had the opportunity to work at a bar, be a bartender, but I taught swim lessons and was a lifeguard at a YMCA. And in my head, I'm thinking, Hey, I'm going to be a health phys ed teacher. I was a personal trainer. Uh, at the time, this is better for my career. It's probably worked out for the best. I probably would have laid, made a lot more money and had more fun as the bartender, but that lifestyle could have gotten a hold of me fairly quickly. So uh, yeah, everything from yeah teaching, coaching, personal training, and now nutrition coaching, the driving, everything is revolved around teaching. Yeah, it's wild. Why Why do you think that is? Is this something that, you know, growing up, you you knew you wanted to be a teacher or you were always trying to, you know, help your friends? And like looking back, was there some uh, inclination that you had towards teaching people even when you were, when you were a kid? I don't know. In, in high school, I was involved with a youth group where we, you know, worked with people that were younger, like just a few years younger kind of thing. Um, so it might have started with that. And I just knew that I, I wanted to work with high school people when I was in high school going into college. And I knew that I wanted to teach. And I wanted to teach history. I thought I could make it fun. And I feel like I was always a good communicator, good with analogies to kind of make the information that I'm trying to say relate to people. But I did not want to spend four years studying history. <laughs> in college. So I'm like, at the end of the day, I, I just want to, I want to teach anyway. So I went into health and phys ed, even though everybody's like, don't do it. You'll never get a job. It's a requirement in New Jersey for all four years of high school. Mm. But um, people are like, it's going to end. That'll cut. And in my head, it's always, if this is what I want to do, I'll find a job somewhere. It'll, it'll work out. Yeah. And life works out. That's very interesting that it's required in all four years of high school. Is that common across a lot of states? I know that here in, in Ontario, where I live, it's only required in grade nine and then you and then just optional after that i have no idea mm. if it's required at all four years in what states i just know where i am in new jersey it is uh, i know a lot of schools have things like option two which if you play a sport then you don't have to do phys ed 
And I don't even know how that works. Like if you play one sport, do you not have to do it all year, even though you were only in that sport for three months? I have no idea how this option two thing works. Right. Uh, but if it happened, it makes sense to me. Fine. Now, if you're on the bowling team, <laughs> I don't know if that flies. I don't know what the levels are for that kind of stuff. But um, I, I, I'm totally okay with it if they were to make that the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously we're biased, but I think that vis ed should be required at every single grade and probably both semesters if possible because it's the only thing that it's one of the only things that you're going to really remember and take with you after high school i don't remember anything that i learned in not anything but very little that i learned in history and geography and and math and all of the the, you know the real classes if you will but like i still have my body and i still have to take care of that and i still have to use that for forever and you know i saw a bunch of people from high school last summer at a at someone's uh stag a guy who's getting married and it's like none of these people are in shape at all. And it's like, yeah. we're, I'm not that far removed from high school. And so like, let's extrapolate this another, you know, 10 or 20 years. And like, this is not looking good for a lot of people. Now, if they did gym class in grade 12, would that have saved them? I don't know, but, but maybe, yeah. right? The standards are pretty low. I would like to see it be better. I wish it's the only class. Well, I think English might be required for four years, but it's a required course, but there's no levels where you have levels of everything else. So now you have the lowest performing physical person in the same class with a varsity athlete who's maybe really good at every sport. The the low-level person's embarrassed. They don't want to compete with the high-level person. And the high-level person doesn't want to compete with the low-level person. Like, do you if you like basketball, do you want to play one-on-one with a fifth grader? (laughs) No. I'm not called the senior or fifth grader, but they might have the same skills as a fifth grader. It's not fun. So there really should be. I would love to see different levels. And now you're a low-level athlete or somebody who doesn't want to be competitive. We can teach you a little bit more basic levels in the gym, the value of walking, uh, functional movement. I think that would be great. And then these higher-level athletes, we can be maybe a little bit more competitive or do higher-level weight room type things. Uh, So I would like to see it better. But I always say that in health and phys ed, whenever somebody makes a comment, a kid makes a comment, I go, for the rest of your life, every one of your New Year's resolutions is going to revolve around this. No one's going to say for their New Year's resolution, I'm going to memorize more history facts. <laughs> you know, So it is, it's this joke of a thing. You're just a gym teacher or whatever people want to say. Um, the real classes talking about the other classes. And I get it. I, I say the same thing, but this is what you're going to be dealing with for the rest of your life. And I do like being an example of it. There's not a lot of phys ed teachers who are examples of Mm. physical fitness, you know, just like you might have math teachers that are terrible with their finances or even a financial advising teacher that's terrible with it. So I do like the fact that I could be an example. And I like in this, in the space, being able to have those opportunities to have different conversations where you're not just delivering content. You can have conversations about real life. You have those opportunities in the health and phys ed space. So that's the stuff I like. Cause I do think like you mentioned with remembering things from high school, I think most people remember their interactions with their teachers, whether they were positive or negative, um, versus what they actually learned. Yeah. So that's the part I like. But it can it, it's it's going so spiraling it's spiraling down so bad yeah. that <laughs> there's times I'm like, get me out of here. So we'll see. To your point about uh, relationships with teachers, like the relationships with the phys ed teachers that I had, were all positive, and I have all like good memories from those classes, fun times, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of just like camaraderie in in those times. And to your point as well, maybe that is a little bit, I was athletic as a kid, you know, I played sports. And so I was, you know, at the upper 
end of the ability level in class. Like I'm too short to be good at basketball, but you know, whatever I can still run and you know I can still do everything and, and get around. Yeah. And so maybe that's why maybe other kids had very negative experiences, but I also had like a ton of negative experiences with the geography teacher, the history teacher, the accounting teacher. And like, and those, and those yeah. were, and I, and I had negative experiences and I don't remember anything <laughs> that, that they taught yeah. me. So yeah. it's like, at least, you know, I learned stuff in, in phys ed, you know, brought me to, towards my career in a sense. Um, but also had overwhelmingly positive experiences. Yeah. Do you th- I really pride myself with the, the lower, the kids that I know hate phys ed. Mm. And I pride myself with getting them involved and making them feel like they're capable of something. And that's what I think helps even with the, the people that I work with and coach. Um, and I, I love when I get those notes from a, from a former student or when they're graduating and they might leave you a note, the ones who were not the phys ed kid. You know, and and they they start to take hold of some of the things that that I'm trying to teach in terms of lifelong. Because I don't care how good you are at a sport. Right. You know, you're, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Like I don't like you. <laughs> you know? yeah. So uh, anyway, but you're gonna ask something. No, I was just gonna say, do you think it is uh, feasible to to separate the classes by like athletic skill level? Is there is there enough population? I guess would really be the thing. I'm sure in some towns and cities like that wouldn't really be possible because if the class of, you know, 11th graders is only (laughs) 30 kids, like you can't split that up really that much. Um, But is it, would it be possible to do that? Yeah. Most of our schools are large. I mean, my, at my school, we have four health and phys ed teachers just for the senior class. Oh, wow. There's four phys ed teachers for each grade level. So the graduating class is anywhere, you know, between like five and 700. Um, in that range. When I started there, it was 700 plus. We had a, a very large school, but uh, it, enrollment's gone down a little bit. So it's definitely possible. And there's different ideas that we've had for it. And a lot of times, you know, they don't they don't want to go through the process of adding levels. But my thought right off the bat, let them choose. Do you want to be in more of a competitive PE or not a competitive? Even start with something basic like that and uh, and let them choose. And then they can see, you know, from there. So in our in our area, we definitely could do yeah. that. And the the health advice side of this, when you're talking about nutrition and you're talking about other health factors, that's all going to be the same because that's not about uh, physical ability level, right? Everyone can, can mesh into that. Um, what are some of the things that you notice that are like in the curriculum? Because I'm sure there's a curriculum that you're supposed to be teaching. Do you agree with a lot of it or do you have to kind of bite your tongue and say stuff that's like, ah, well, we'll talk about this, but I would rather do it this way? How do you, how do you navigate that? Yeah. So with teaching seniors, our curriculum is very broad and the way it works with curriculum is you can't teach things outside the curriculum. You can only teach things inside, but you don't have to teach everything that's in that curriculum. Um, there's certain things that have to be talked about and other things that aren't. So I do absolutely, I tend to focus on nutrition. I always even ask the students because it's such a broad range of topics, what do you think senior health should be? Because I know what most of the senior health teachers are teaching, and I'm not going to spend two weeks on STDs. (laughs) If your genitals are burning, (laughs) rashy, painful, go to a doctor. We don't need to spend two weeks studying if this is bacterial or viral and all that kind of stuff. We don't need to go through the anatomy at this point with seniors. So I do focus more on things like, hey, when you get out of here, you're going to, you're going to be bombarded with BS information. Um, I definitely will bring up some things that may be controversial in nature. Um, my views on being holistic with your health. I mean, even just me saying, I don't use sunscreen. 
And the kids will be like, what are you talking about? And then I just start talking about the information and the data and how we should slowly expose ourselves and vitamin D. And you're putting chemicals on that are blocking the UV rays that are blocking the vitamin D production. And this is all part of our immune system and part of our overall health. It's a precursor for testosterone. And I'll bring up how testosterone levels are drastically lower now than they were before and what this means for your health and what things we can do. And I know other teachers aren't getting into that stuff uh, at the senior level. So I do try to keep it where it's going to apply to their life outside. Mm. Um, and I will say some things that are controversial. I'm fine if I get fired. If they want to fire me for saying something, I'm fine <laughs> for teaching some truth. Uh, I'm okay with it at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's just about truth. And I think the thing that makes it, it, sure, it's controversial, but it's only controversial because it's not part of the curriculum or part of the 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 mainstream thought. Mainstream. It's, not, it's not that it's incorrect. What you're saying, you're Correct. not spreading lies and just like, oh, well, I decided this and my like, you know, uh, great grandfather's uh, best friend said this, you know, 170 yeah. years ago. And so it must be true. Like, that's not how it that's not how it works. You're saying things that are uh, bound in fact and that you can yes. back up. And that's, and that's the main thing. I think it's like, yeah. you know, the, there's a, there's a great Conor McGregor line from one of the press conferences where he's saying like, you know, he talks a lot of shit. He goes, I talk and I talk and I talk, but I back it up. So if you can back yeah. up your, your shit talking, then go, <laughs> then, then go for it. Right. And it's yeah. one thing if you're saying, Hey, don't use sunscreen. Okay. On to the next. And everyone's like, well, what yeah. the fuck do we do now? <laughs> if we, if we had to, t and I've already thought about this because the way things are going with, things that are in the topic of health uh, that might have to be taught. If if I had to teach something that I fundamentally disagree with, then I would walk away. Mm. I'm not going to teach false science. Right. So if I can skirt around that stuff and we're not, we're not being enforced to teach it, then I'm okay. Yeah, I think... Uh <laughs> I think everyone gets where you're going with that and we probably don't need yeah. to go down down that rabbit hole. Correct. Um, are there a lot of so so this is a thing that I've seen not not so much myself because I don't work with so many or, or any teenagers really. Um, but TikTok has blown up amongst the teenage high school population. And so there is a plethora of information, good, bad, or otherwise that's out there. Are there things that you're seeing kids now are asking about as far as, you know, workout supplements um, or just diet related questions that, you know, stuff that you wouldn't have even thought about when, when you were in high school? Is there a lot of things that are coming up uh, or anything common that you're that you're routinely dispelling or just having conversations about? Um, not so much anything different in the high school community that you'd get with the with anybody outside of high school mm. it's all the same kind of fad diet type things um all the kids who are into weightlifting they definitely are always coming up to me and asking questions about you know either training or some supplements and i and i'll, I'll look them up and try to find out some information there's some supplements but for the most part i'm like they're usually bs you know most supplements that's what, when i got my master's in exercise science uh sport nutrition there's a whole course on supplements you just realize that everything's BS. <laughs> like take creatine. That's good. You know, beta alanine is, is, uh, works. <laughs> but outside, there's like not a ton of stuff that's, uh, actually doing anything. But I'll say, hey, if it, if it makes you feel better, if you like your BCAAs, you like how it tastes, it makes you feel better. Cool. Go ahead. But you don't need them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so nothing new or crazy. What what are they asking about that you even have to look up? Like what what new supplements are coming out? There, there's I forget the one that I had a couple kids ask me about. It almost sounded like it's like some kind of a peptide type of a thing. Oh okay. Uh, I forget what it is though, but it was like a pill version of a peptide, 
And I just try to talk to them about like right now, really build the foundation. You're rushing to get to something that might have consequences later. That's not going to give you the result typically that you want. Um, and it's the same thing that we talk about on our social media platforms of, of drilling the basics. Get used to the basics. Show up. Learn about intensity. Push that those things. Really work on getting as much real food as possible, not just supplementing everything. So I, I try to drill that as much as possible. And even when it comes to even testosterone replacement therapy, I'll, I'll have that conversation. Kids ask all the time about steroids. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's fine, but understand this. This is the consequence. You're, you're shutting down your body's natural production. There's going to be side effects later that you might not want to deal with. And a lot of times I've seen kids who get on juice and they just become fat slobs who yeah. <laughs> just lift a lot because they don't have the basics and the foundation down. So I'll be honest with them when I when they ask questions about it. I'll be very transparent. I'm not going to be like, it's going to cause cancer. It's going to kill you. Don't do it. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, dude, this is what's going to happen. This is the possible consequence later in life. Maybe hold off on it until it is something that's more needed. See if you can bring it up naturally through the things that we talk about. What a concept to actually educate people instead of just demonize a thing, right? It's, 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 it's very, it's very foreign. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm very much with you on, on the supplement stuff, obviously. And it's like, especially for, for high school age kids or even beginners to the gym. If you do anything, if you're 16 years old and you do two laps around the gym, you're going to grow. That's just, that's yeah. just, <laughs> that's just how it is. So like you've got yeah. so much potential. Like why, why ruin that by trying to take stuff? And it's like, it's not really, it's not getting you any better than you would have got if you weren't, uh, if you weren't taking it. Right. And for them to understand they need to eat enough calories. You're trying to get bigger. You need to eat enough calories. You could take all the subs you want. It's not going to do much if you're not getting enough calories in. And that's something I see with a lot of these young guys who do get into lifting, who, you know, a lot of the guys who might get into it, they're skinny. Hmm. And that's why they get into it. They have insecurities, which I think overweight people don't realize that these skinny people do have insecurities. I mean, I have a female client now who's uh, right out of high school who's trying to gain weight. She's a cross-country athlete. She's trying to gain weight. And it's important that she's getting enough calories in. And she's doing it. She's gaining weight. Her times and her performance is getting better as she does it because she's so lean. But the, a lot of these high school guys, I mean, they're getting up. They're, they're all sleep deprived. That's why they're screwed up hormonally right off the bat. So they're rushing out of the house and not eating breakfast. They're maybe getting some shitty lunch from school. If they're an athlete, they're going to the gym or they're going to practice after school. And then they eat everything they can in this two-hour window at night and they think they eat the house. Yeah. I'm like, you, you didn't even eat 2,000 calories and you think <laughs> that taking this peptide is going to be the thing that causes you to get jacked? Like, nah, friend, you got to get up, eat breakfast, yeah. sleep. That's how your test is going to go up. That's how your HGH is going to go up. All that stuff. I would always say that the couple of you know teenage boys and stuff that I've trained is like, if you're parents are not complaining about the amount of food that you're eating, then you're not even close to, to eating enough. And then there was one of the guys, he was a big boy. He was probably six two, around like 200 pounds. And, uh, he would, uh, across the street from his high school, there was like a chicken place. He would go and order a whole chicken for lunch and he would just eat it by himself. Like that. Now, now we're getting somewhere. We're, we're yeah. starting, we're starting to move the needle a little bit. Like you're a big guy, your friend who's a hundred and, you know, 17 pounds, can't eat as much as you and you can't yeah. if you're eating the same amount as him like you're not going to grow and you're just going to shrink and disintegrate so you've got to you've yeah. got to bump that up right yep yep another thing um this was you know just circling back to uh what you were talking about with the letting people know the information the thing that came to my mind was like when we were you know young teenagers depending on you know family and stuff people would say don't drink alcohol it's bad for you 
and that's it. And like, just it, it is, it is bad for you. I think we can agree on that, but it's like without having that education, similar to the steroids thing, it's like, well, now I'm just curious, like, well, how bad is it? Like I see you doing it and you're demonizing it for me. And so like, yeah. why, where do we, where's, what's the line here? Like you're, you're, you're talking, tell me not to do it, but you do it. And so again, tying into this, like leading by example, uh, thing and where I'm going with this is, you know, we talked about this previously to, to recording, you put up a post the other day and, you know, we're coming off of, uh, 4th of July and Canada long weekend. And of course, lots of alcohol is consumed by many people and people say they need a drink in the summer. Yeah. Oh, I had a hard day at work. I needed a drink. I, uh, you know, it's really hot outside. I just need a cold beer. It's a, uh, it's a holiday weekend. How can I not have a drink? And so yeah. I kind of want you to just go in on that topic and this concept of, do you need it or do you want it? And then how can you sort of reconcile those two things and and where do you go from there with your nutrition habits yeah i think language is so important um most of my posts is is mindset i mean how many what am i going to talk about how many calories are in a gram of protein how many times am i going to say that (laughs) you know everybody knows what they need to do to get to where they want to get to they know what they need to do eating better cutting out the alcohol sleep they they, everybody knows those foundations but you can get caught up in all the crap but the our language and our self-talk is so important and I hear it all the time. I need, oh, I need a drink. I need a drink. You don't need it. You've gotten into the ritual of doing that to unwind. And I think most people can even relate to the idea, if you're not buying this so far, you just get that beer in your hand. You crack open that bottle of wine, whatever your sauce of choice is, you pour that drink and already you're, you're breathing better because you know what's going to come. You know that feeling that's going to come on. So you already started to relax before you even had the drink, just knowing that it's coming. So that right there shows you didn't need the drink to relax, but you've gotten into this ritual, this routine of doing that to relax. So when people say, I need a drink, you don't need a drink. Just be honest with yourself. You want a drink. And this is the only way that you know how to relax because you haven't tried another way or given another way enough time. I mean, the first time you had a beer to relax without the intention to relax, it's not like you're like, this is what I've been missing my whole life. I've been so stressed out, you know, and then everybody too can relate to the anxiety they feel the next day if they have too many drinks, their sleep's disrupted, they have increased anxiety. So we we're recognizing the problem. We have stress that's unresolved and we're going to this one thing and we need it. And then it's interesting because even after I posted that, I started thinking about how when people say I need to work out and everybody's like, no, you got to say I get to work out. (laughs) You know, so even that for some people, for me, I have no problem saying I need to work out because I know how I feel afterwards. It's not a punishment for me. Now, if somebody's in a punishment place Mm -hmm. and they're sitting there going, I need to, I need to work out. I'm a fucking loser. I'm a failure. I'm fat. I need to do it. Then that might not be the best language for them. They might have to have that self-talk of, I get the opportunity to do this and that's where language is important. And it's not everything's a concrete way that we have to say it. But when it comes to alcohol, yeah, you don't need to drink. Yeah. But we say it all the time. So I think people could start to change the language, recognize what the problem is, and then look to other ways to maybe deal with the actual root cause issue, which is the stress and other unresolved things that might be leading to it. With the workouts, one thing that I try and establish um, early with clients who are maybe, you know, treating this exercise as punishment type of thing, or when their sole focus is like, they just care about weight loss and they haven't broken through to like, oh, this actually makes me feel better, improves my, you know, general life, um, is trying to disconnect that 
the strength training and like in the gym is not really about weight loss. Like sure it, it helps and contributes yeah. obviously, but like you're doing that as a, as a overwhelmingly positive force. Like let's focus on getting stronger in the gym, getting, you know, a faster time on the, on the rower or whatever, whatever it is. And that way you're approaching it from this positive angle. And it's the same line of thought of like, let's use the, let's speak to ourselves using words that are correct and mean the things that we want them to mean rather than just saying stuff. It's like, again, you know, Going back to high school, high school relationships, people just throwing around "I love yous." You've been, you just met them last week. It's like, well, you don't, re- don't, you don't really, and like, it's fine. It's not really detrimental, but like, we we should speak and say what we mean to say. Um, yeah. But approaching exercise from this positive viewpoint, tent in my experience, it lets people actually enjoy the gym more rather than thinking, "Oh, I had a cookie, so now I've got to you know hop on the treadmill for an hour to burn this off." And I guess technically that kind of checks out but do you just want to do that for like your whole life like it seems horrible yeah. to me and you're never going to get I ahead feel, if you're I, doing that yeah i feel very fortunate that i never viewed exercise that way i was very lucky when i was in eighth grade maybe ninth that i had a, an older guy that was on my summer swim team he was i don't know i'm assuming maybe he was a junior or senior in high school took us under his wing with lifting and i never had that perspective. I totally get the perspective though. Mm. I understand it. So I, I feel very fortunate I haven't had that. But people, we need to exercise simply from the fact that we have energy in our body that needs to get out. You know, I'll talk about grounding with my students, walk around barefoot, and I'll say it in a funny way, joking way, but it's like it's serious. There's a transfer of energy that happens here. You're not going to go out and be like, oh, all my, all my worries are gone because I walked around <laughs> barefoot in the grass. But whether you feel that right away or not, whether it's anything instant or not, there is some kind of energy transfer. And why do, why do we have so many kids and even adults, you know, this ADD issue, our diets are shit. We're not getting outside. We're not moving. We're sitting in a chair all day. Your body is building up energy and you're not ever getting it out. So why do you think you have all this anxiety? Why do you think you have these outbursts and you're yelling at people? So we do need to move. We need to exercise. So I hope that people, when they, if they do use the language of I need to exercise, it's coming from that perspective. And anytime a client text, just yesterday a client texted me, she's, uh, she's covered in sweat. And she's got this pissed off look on her face. She's like, I hated every second of it, but I'm done. <laughs> and she's the best. I love her. And I, I reply, I re, my instant reply anytime somebody ever says that is, how did you feel after? Just to remember that. This is how I felt after. You might have hated every moment of it that day. The more you get into the habit of it, you'll start to enjoy aspects of it. I always talk about how I don't like working out. I just know that I have a lot more angst when I'm not. I feel a lot more lazy when I don't do it. Um, I recognize I recognize the positive mental benefits for me. And so when somebody says, I hate every minute of it, or blah, 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 how'd you feel afterwards? You need that reminder of you felt better afterwards. Because all the things that make us feel better afterwards usually are not fun in the moment. But the things that are fun in the moment, like having all those drinks, we don't feel better afterwards. I was just going to say, if we use that exact same exercise as how did you feel after with alcohol, the answer is going to be, well, I feel like fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah. And then if you do that enough times, you start to question, well, well, why do I do this? Like I, every time yeah. I do this, I, I just feel bad. And like you, you can get yourself in a logical trap that way. And I think this is like a, 
even even if it's not like a ton of drinking, it's just a couple of drinks. You don't feel as good as you would have if you had no drinks like the next the next morning. You might not be so hungover and like, oh, I can't even get out of bed. You're just like, nah, I just I'm not as sharp. I'm not as I'm not as on today. And I think that that, you know, that awareness piece is again. And, you know, you and I talked about this on, on the episode that I did with, with you guys. It's like so much of it is just being aware of our actions and, and what's going on. And so if you're aware of how you feel after that alcohol night of drinking, you're going to be like, well, I should probably like cut back on this or not do it. Like, I, I don't know about you, Jim, but my, my approach to alcohol now is like, when I drink, I know that I'm going to feel horrible the next day. And it is a sacrifice that I'm willing to make because for whatever reason that I'm going to be drinking, I, I anticipate and assume that that is going to make that event or that evening or whatever more fun. And, and I'm yeah. okay with that trade-off. Yep. But because of that same reason. I remember I remember when I was 28, it was worth the trade-off. <laughs> fair fair enough. Fair enough. Right? And maybe that's and maybe that's going to change. It will, the trade-off will be even, you know, worse. Like right now it's you know it's it's tolerable, but maybe later it won't. Yeah. But then for other stuff it's like, well, you know, it's Wednesday night, we're going out for dinner, like I'm not going to have two beers because what's like how this is not making me have a better time and I'm just going to be a little less sharp tomorrow morning. So it's like in that yeah. sense it's just not worth it, which some people would say, well, that's just binge drinking. You're just going to drink like a lot of <laughs> drinks or no. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess so. Okay. But I do that once <laughs> yeah. every couple of months. So I don't know what the issue is with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've pulled back. I enjoy everything about alcohol. It's a, it's, I like the process of how it slowly comes on, that feeling, all of that. But, um, I absolutely hate how I feel the next day. Of course. So I'm much better at, I can have a couple drinks. It's nice and move on. I can have a beer at lunch if I wanted to and move on. And even these little, the, but you kind of touched on it with like these, the social dynamic of it that people, you feel obligated in these situations. I remember feeling really weird for a period of time if I was at a restaurant bar type place and not ordering a drink at dinner time if it was late. I'm thinking the waitress or waiter is, is looking at me like, ah. Oh, this is going to be a smaller bill. I'm not getting a tip. <laughs> yep. Like even something like that, I did it just to not feel judged by the waiter or waitress or them treat me different because I wasn't drinking. But if I was an alcoholic who refused to touch alcohol, it wouldn't be weird. You do this. My uncle brings his own tortillas to Mexican restaurants because he just likes the tortillas that he gets at the store. <laughs> he, he has a little satchel. He doesn't give a shit. And I'm like, I would never do that. But he... Like, why can't we live like that? Yeah. You know, do what you want to do. That, you know, you don't want to go to something. I don't want to go and not make up a story. That is I a phenomenal level of of confidence and, and, oh, and audacity. Next level. I love that. <laughs> next level. <laughs> it's next level. Yeah. It's, he has a little tortilla satchel, yeah. like a little man purse just with tortillas <laughs> that he brings. <laughs> but but it brings up a good point, right? It's just about being, being like standing up for yourself. Like, hey, I want this. Yeah. You know, some... Taken to the extreme, you'll see like the the you know the hardcore carnivore guys like they walk into a fast food restaurant where it's like obviously they don't serve healthy food here, and he's like grilling the minimum wage employee about like you guys use vegetable oil. It's like all right, it's fucking relax first of all. That but is. but but the the other side of that is like if you're at a you know higher end restaurant and you're asking like hey how do you guys cook this because I'm trying to avoid you know X Y Z ingredients or foods. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at all. It may no. you know you're you're. You may be bringing on the opportunity for some conflict, which some people need to practice that a little bit more, I think. And some people, you know, are just looking to argue with whoever will argue with them. Um, but it, but again, it comes back to just like standing up for our own health because no one else yeah. is going to 
be there for you the way that you're going to be there for you. They're going to cook the food the way that they cook the food. And there may or may not be anything wrong with it. But if it's something wrong to you, that's going to make you feel bad, then you know you got to stand up for that. Yeah. And if you don't want to be an elitist asshole in that moment, call the restaurant ahead of time. Yeah. Like some people, they'll go in and they'll act like, oh, oh God. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like, there's, like they're so elite and they're trying to prove a point to the people that they're with or the wait staff. It's like, call the restaurant. I've called restaurants ahead of time for clients to find out how they prepare the stuff. Is, is the salmon always marinated in oil? Is there an option to get it without it being marinated in oil? No, this is how it is. Okay, cool. And, and to teach them, you can call. You can just call and find out and ask these questions ahead of time. I mean, nobody's like impromptu, oh shit, we ended up at this restaurant and I had no idea. Like you're not kidnapped and taken blindfolded to a restaurant, you know, you know, ahead of time, yeah. especially as you get older, everything's planned in advance. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And and now even like every restaurant has like, it's very easy to access the information. You could always look up the, the, the menu. At least you can look up the menu before you go. Like that is a, that is a given. And, yeah. and just again, advocating, um, for your own health. I think this is a nice little, little segue, just doing hard things. Like an example of this that, that will come full circle is, uh, my girlfriend wanted to return a pair of, uh, a pair of pants to a store. And it was like, you know, she was fully within her you know, right or whatever the rules of the return policy to do it. <laughs> and she's like, uh, can you, can you do it for me? And I said, no, just be- because you need to practice this. Like it's not, you're not yeah. asking a guy to give you like free stuff. You're not robbing the store. Like you're asking him to just fulfill their like store policy. And so she did it and it was good. She's like, Oh, I feel good about that. I'm like, yeah, sometimes it's not that hard to like, or you got to do that hard thing. And that's like a, you know, a relative term, of course, like I'm okay to just like go up there and say my piece, but like she was a little bit shy about it and it's fine, whatever. Yeah. But the segue with that is nothing to do with clothes. Cause it's not a fashion podcast, but um, <laughs> ice baths are a thing. Now, I know yeah. that you are big into ice baths. I'm I'm into them. You've got one in 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 your uh, at your home, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And I'm gonna have to get one soon. Can so, you talk? Oh, about- oh good. Ask the question first. No, no, I don't really have a question. Can you just talk about like uh, how it's helped, how it's helped you, and like how you feel yeah. about the the entire experience of it? Yeah. So I ended up getting that ice barrel. Don't get the ice barrel. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about this. It's a complete ripoff. It's a complete ripoff. <laughs> I thought that it was like double wall insulated. It's not. I had this Rubbermaid tub that cost me a hundred bucks that I was using. The only thing I didn't like about it is I didn't have a lid. Right. And I was like, oh, I could make a lid. I hated th- putting the tarp over it and stuff like that, whatever. But my buddy, and he's training for a hundred mile race. He ended up getting, you know, a discount code with Ice Barrel. I was trying to support him. I'm like, let me buy this thing. Isn't it like a thousand bucks? It's a thousand bucks, dude. <laughs> it's a thousand dollars. And then the return policy, you lose 30%. Just return it. So I'm like, I'm not going to return the thing. Yeah. I'll try to sell it maybe to somebody if they want it. I like the shape. I like the space it takes up. I like that there's a lid. I like there's a cover. It takes forever to drain because it's a small hose bib at the bottom. I hate it. But there's things I like about it that I just <laughs> And it's discussed. not like it's not insulated itself. So you have to keep no. putting ice into it like on your own, yes. right? You got to keep buying yes. bags of ice. Yeah. Like my Rubbermaid tub was a thicker plastic than this $1,000 ice barrel. Right. And then even the top of it has like a lip at the top. So you can't even drain all the water out. And the bib is like an inch from the bottom. There's so many design flaws. Yeah. <laughs> I had to drill two holes in the top of the lip so I could at least drain all the water out when I did want to get all the water out. Um, so yeah, don't waste your money with that. If you're just going to get some tub, get a Rubbermaid tub, real cheap, 100, 125 bucks, get one of those things. Or just spend the money and get you know, two, $3,000 if you just develop the habit and you enjoy it. 
spend the money and get one. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm going to have to get a cooler for this thing, which is going to be another $1,000, plug it in, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, the ice bath stuff. I love getting hate on it from the people that love throwing shade on the ice bath stuff because people assume that the people who are doing the ice baths, it's all about the research <laughs> and whatever. For me, I could care less about the research. Research, we all know, can show anything about everything. Both sides of everything. Aspartame causes cancer. No, it doesn't. <laughs> all this stuff that's back and forth. Vegetable oil causes cancer. No, it you're going to find everything. Everything's dose dependent, all that stuff. Um, I'm not competing for a bodybuilding show, so I don't care about the 0.3% <laughs> reduction in hypertrophy training if I were to submerge myself for three minutes within 45 minutes post-hypertrophy training. All that crap that people love to rip on you for. <clears throat> So I like it. I call it my masochistic meditation. I ended up doing it um, every day in January and into December, into February. Um, that was a perfect time to get started with it because I didn't have to deal with buying ice. I just let the water temperature get colder over the course of the month. At the coldest, it was down to like 34 degrees. I had to break through a pretty thick layer of ice to do it. It's the one thing that allows me to just sit and not think about anything else. My brain will go a mile a minute. I'm thinking about everything else. I'm either procrastinating things or I'm feeling like I have to do something in this. I just sit. It's something difficult. And I it, it reminds me, hey, we can do difficult stuff. And every single day that you get up to it, you're like, I can't do this. Hmm. You're like, but I did it yesterday and I was fine. Nothing bad happened to me. And then if you stay in there and you get to that point where you get the real bad pins and needles, you got another 30 minutes of masochistic meditation, of you just breathing, focusing as you're trying to get feeling back into your into your body. So I like it solely for that reason. I don't if there's other benefits that I'm getting, uh, great. But it makes me feel good in the moment. It gets me out of my head, uh, and that's why I enjoy the ice baths. Yeah. Why do you do it? The exact same reason because it nice. feels good and it doesn't harm yeah. me. Right. It's like. Yep. I enjoy it. I, I think it's a difficult thing. I like overcoming hard things for the sake of doing that. Um, yeah. and, and I'm with you. People started with like, oh, this percentage of norepinephrine increase and hypertrophy and like, whatever. Like, it's okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, don't know. It doesn't, yeah, do it, doesn't do it matter. hours away from training. Yeah. If that's a concern for you. Yeah. Which it's for me, it's not. And so it's like, I, yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter. Like I, I'm not, I'm not taking, <laughs> I had, I got into some arguments online about this. People were talking about like, you know, the optimal hypertrophy, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, if we're talking about the optimal way to get big, then wh like, why are you talking about, you know, these joint angles and not doing ice baths, like give me the steroid stack. Like that's the best yeah. way. That's the best way <laughs> to get as big as possible. Like forget for, I can, I can overcome a lot of stuff if I have Great the right, point. if I have the right drugs in me, like if we're talking about doing everything it takes. And so if you're not talking about doing everything it takes, well then you're just not talking about what's actually the best. And so then just yeah. do whatever you want kind of thing. Like, yeah. I'm, they're spending more time talking about angles than even talking about the repeating and reminding people what intensity is. Yeah. And what failure is, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about angles, yeah. It's like a great, but like this is this is relevant for such a small percentage yes. of the population. And I would even yes. go as far as saying like it's not even relevant for all of the actual bodybuilders out there because there's other stuff that they can continue to clean up, and their drug protocol is probably all off, and it changes things when when you're on 
you know, a number of performance enhancing drugs. And there's no shade that I'm throwing at that. Like by all means, do whatever you yeah, want. Like I don't, do I don't care. It's so long as you're being safe and healthy, like do your thing and not hurting anyone else, anyone else. But you know, with the ice bath, same thing. It's like, I'm not harming myself. I, yeah. I enjoy the way that I feel after it. And so therefore yeah. it's good. And I, and I, yeah. and I like to do a lot of things like that. The grounding is one of those things. Like, do I feel the, the magic of the power of mother earth, like <laughs> coursing through my veins? Like, no, but like, do I just maybe feel a little better after I do that? Like, yeah, kind of. And is it even placebo? Like, possibly. But I'll take it. But who cares? Because it's make me feel placebo I, is still real. Exactly. I did. I did. Uh, I have all these real. like welts on me. I don't know if you can see them. I did a, uh, a cupping okay. thing for the first time from like a you know a, a real Chinese place, and it was and it was awesome. And someone asked me, they saw all the things like, oh, what did you like? Why did you even do that? I said, I just wanted to. I'm like, yeah. well, it wasn't going to hurt me. And I just like wanted to do it. Like, oh, what did you feel? Like, uh, I don't know. It kind of felt like relaxing. Felt all right. But it's not magic. Yeah. Like, oh, so you don't believe in medicine? I'm like, oh, how, what, how did we, <laughs> how did you jump to that conclusion? Like, that's not yeah. what it is at all. It's the whole, it's the whole oranges are my favorite fruit. Why do you hate apples? Right. Argument, right. which is just insane. Right. And so, yeah, I think there's just so many of these things that are just like, yeah, they, they help us. Do we need, do we necessarily need to know why? Like, I don't think so, but also I'm not going to wait for some research study to say like, oh yeah, ice baths are safe. You can, you can do them. Like I did it. I didn't die. Like nothing bad happened. Yeah. It's good. There's plenty, plenty of research to show <clears throat> enough benefits, but at the end of the day, you got to try things out. And even when it comes to people dieting or what, what type of weight training, it's an experiment. Just try things out. Like you said, it's not causing me harm. It's not like, oh, I'm going to try crack <laughs> and just see if I like it. You know, I'm, I'm going to try something that doesn't have reported negative benefits. So let's give it a shot. Try it out. Give it, a, give it a chance. Give it a period of time. See how you feel with it. And if there's some benefits that you like, then you keep doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if somebody's experimenting with a deficit or a surplus trying to gain weight or lose weight, it's like mess around with it. See what works. I think it becomes a lot easier for people to experience this fitness wellness journey if they start looking at their body a little bit like that like an experiment and then that will get them away from the what's the best way hmm. you know what's the best way blocks us from even doing anything so hey we got a whole life ahead of you experiment with some stuff yeah see what you like and e even the cold shower thing i mean there's there's functional not functional whatever real life application there like you your your hot water heater breaks and i've thought about this yeah your hot water heater, heater breaks. I'm good. You're the one who's not going to shower for two days because you've never done cold plunges yep. or cold showers. Like, I can handle it. You're at the beach and there's only a cold shower option to rinse stuff off. I'm good. I can find enjoyment in that, you know? So there's real life application to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. That, that exact thing happened uh, to us in, in this past winter. The, the water heater broke and it's like, well, just came back from the gym, I'm dripping sweat. Like, I, I'm not going to enjoy this shower, but like, I'm not just going to stay like this the rest of the day. So it's like, you just, you just get it done. And it was slightly less bad than it would have been had I never done an ice bath. And so like, I think yeah. for that, for that small percentage chance that like, you know, in North America that you might not have a hot shower, like, Oh, our life is so hard. You know, it, it's worth it even just like, just for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just to have that opportunity, even just to sit and focus on your breath. Right. You know, it's just sit focus on it stop being fear fearful of it running away from things and staying in this high anxiety state right which is which is exactly you know that jim hosts podcast also because like this perfect segue is just like going going back and forth with ideas the first thing that you said was that you know it allows you to 
get out of your brain, whatever's going on. There's a hectic, there's you know work and kids and all this stuff is going on. And now this thing is so difficult that you ha- you can do nothing but be there in that moment. And there are yeah. very, very few opportunities that we get to do that in our, in our life. And one of the best quotes that I've ever heard about meditation is like, if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate every day, well, then you need to do an hour. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, th- I think, uh, was it Mark Hyman? I think said something like that, who I agree with some and, and, and disagree with others things that he says, but he, he said, um, I didn't think I had time for meditation until I started doing it. And then I realized like, I need, like, I need to be doing this after I realized the benefits of it kind of a thing. I need to make the time. Yeah. You know, we can't keep trying to find time for stuff. We need to make the time for that stuff. Exactly. Even if you think, you know, however many years ago, even our grandparents, like they didn't have as much stimulation in their life as we did today because there's, there's, as we do today rather, because there just wasn't as much stuff going on. Like, you know, a new social media app didn't come out every couple months that they had to, oh, I got to stay up all night figuring this thing out now. Like it just, they just went to bed and just chilled and just did stuff. And we don't have that anymore. So now we have to, we have to carve out these things in our environment to live, you know, a little bit more closely to maybe how we how we should be living. And that's why it's hard because it used to be, well, you don't need to do this. And that's just because their life was organized in such a way where it was just built in. Now it's not. And so yeah. we have to do that. And right. And so that's you, you know, building your backyard the way that you want, building the gym in your in your garage and getting the ice bath. And so it's like, well, you, these things have to be you have to make an effort to live your life yeah. the way that you want to be living rather than just fly by the seat of your pants and hope it happens because we've been doing that and collectively it hasn't been working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no downtime. Yeah. There's no downtime. Even last night I got in there um, in the evening and I just sat in a chair in silence. It was like, this is nice. And you forget when you're sitting inside, you got your Netflix. It's so easy to just constantly stay distracted. You know, I mean, just for somebody to purposely not bring their phone with them when they take a dump would be nice. <laughs> you know, you just sit in silence for a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it was it was definitely built into our lifestyles a while ago and not anymore. It's a shame. One thing that I noticed with a lot of people um, during COVID was they were stuck at home and this was more, I was living downtown at the time. So a lot of people, you know, who live downtown live on their own in, in an apartment or, or condo or whatever. And so, you know, without any going out, people now had to, although they were with Netflix and social media and whatever, there was no actual human interaction. And so people had to spend time with themselves for the first time in a long time, maybe ever. And I think a lot of people didn't like the person who they were hanging out with, which was their self. And I think that that, you know, this is just me kind of like, you know, observing the world and, and speaking it out there. But like, I think that led to a lot of the mental health decline associated with, with COVID. And I like, that's a very, it's a very sad thing. But if you never spend time alone, when you're now forced to do it, it's like you have nothing, you don't know how to, how to cope and how to react. And so by doing these yeah. hard things as in meditation, it's like, well, when the time arises, you have something to pull from, you have some, some experience, some, some exercise uh, to, to cope with that thing. Right. Yeah. And even for people, I think it's a combination of factors. Obviously I'm sure you do too, but people staying inside, not having human interaction, being a little bit more bored and having to deal with their own thoughts, all that stuff. If, if anything, if we can learn from it, that the importance of sunlight, outdoor nature, actual human interaction, not this fake human interaction that we have with social media. You know, I think a lot of people really do buy into this idea that they are more social because of their social media. And they're just 
stalking old friends and looking at this stuff and getting pissed off at things that they wouldn't have got pissed off of, uh, pissed off about um, if they didn't see it. But there is huge value in, in actual human interaction, getting outside, moving your body. So you you have this whole combination of things. But absolutely, I think some people were probably confronted with their own thoughts, like the price that they're like, I'm a real piece of shit. I'm doing nothing right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm a piece of shit. What am I doing? You know, so I was fortunate to have a garage gym that I built. So at least I had that. But early on, I mean, within the first two weeks of of us being shut down, I posted on social media like about the idea, like, what if this is your new normal? Like everybody's waiting yeah. to get back to the gym. You're waiting. Oh, I could take a couple weeks off till the gym reopens. And I'm like, what if this was your new normal? What would you do right now? If you knew this is not changing, you're stuck in like this forever. What would you do? Would you buy some exercise bands? Would you buy some dumbbells? Would you go out for walks? What would you do? Well, start doing that because we don't know how long this is going to last. Right. And it ended up lasting a lot longer than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. The the part about real social interaction is an interesting one. And I'm not sure if you if you get some of this as well. I know that I get a little bit of it where it's like people who follow me, who I know in real life, they they follow me online and whatever, and they they see the stuff that I'm posting every day. And then I'll see them, but I, they're not like a close friend. They're kind of like a, yeah. you know, a friend of a friend, so someone that weird. I used to know, whatever. And so I see them every, you know, couple of months or whatever. And they just like know all this stuff about me and feel like they, they've been like, you know, interacting and we've been being social, but it's a one way street. Like, I don't know anything about them because they're not like a public, yeah. you know, whatever, trying to post anything. And then it's like a very strange interaction where it's like, they're so up to date. And I'm like, I haven't talked to you in three years. I, I, don't, I don't know. How are you? Like, what's, what's up with you? <laughs> that's the shame. That's the shame of it. I mean, I remember when Facebook, I'm old enough where Facebook was not an option for me when I was in college mm. and I was out of college. And then it, within a few, within a handful of years, Facebook, um, became, became available, whatever for people outside of college. And now we're out of college or whatever, however the timing of all that stuff was. And a bunch of friends were getting on. I tried joining Facebook and I'm saying no to every friend week friend request because I'm like we're not friends like I <laughs> yeah. knew you in high school yeah. and in my head I'm like I don't want to have the whole how have you been conversation like we're not so at the end of the day I like the seven people that I actually talk to in real life as my friends on Facebook and then that annoyed me I'm like I don't want to pretend like I know what's going on with your life this takes away from a conversation we can have right and I got off of Facebook almost right away. Uh, and the only reason I'm on social media even now is is because of, you know, a, a nutrition coaching business, creating communities in Facebook and stuff like that. But um, it's, yeah, it, it takes away. I mean, how many times do you see people interact? Oh, I saw that. Oh, yeah, we went on this vacation. Oh, I saw that. Those pictures are great. Okay, cool. Uh, next topic, I guess. Yeah. I won't tell you about my trip yeah. because you saw the pictures and you didn't even let me tell you. And it takes away everything. It's a very strange thing. I mean, I think there's a. I think we both agree. There's probably a lot of. There's a lot of positive that comes from social media. We get. You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Like, yep. there's there's so much information that's shared and, and good stuff. There's but there's also negative. Like, I don't I don't know that it's overwhelmingly more positive or negative. I think it's just kind of neutral and like it's up to the how user. And, yeah, yep. exactly. How you use it, how you interact with people, how you uh, become aware of how it's manipulating you and how you're manipulating it, and like and all these things. And just again, this this whole like you know awareness thing. Um. Switching gears quickly here, there was one thing that I saw yesterday, and I saw this, and I was like, I think Jimmy would have a little good, bit of a good rant on this. Now, it was the title of a book. I don't remember who, I, I think it was a book, or maybe it was some article. I don't remember who wrote it, and it doesn't It doesn't matter. I didn't read it. I don't know what it was about, but I saw the title, and that was enough to, for me to be like, well, this is a little bit much. The title was Intuitive Fasting. 
Can you talk about what you think that that might be and how this is some revolutionary concept? <laughs> I have not heard this. One, before I even pretend to make something up about that, uh, I love when you post stuff like your post the other day about the uh, obese supermodel, whatever the thing was, the topic, and then you had oh, yes. okay. that image of... What I'll, I'll, you're, no, you're so kind <laughs> and nice and you do such a, you'll say something or put something out that it would just sound like a complete a-hole thing for you, but you present things so nice and kind <laughs> and like calm and, uh, and then it'll be like this total call out <laughs> on something, which is great. I love the, like the dichotomy of the, the way you call something out, but then also being super nice and Canadian kind. Yeah. Thank you. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I try and do that. It's just, I guess, how, no, it, it's how, just who you how are. it comes off. But the, po yeah, the post great. the post that you're talking about, and just to explain, because this episode will come out you know, whenever, a little bit after that post, there was, um, and, and there's some more context that deserves to be added to that post that I learned about after. There was this post going around as a woman, and she was saying how, um, you know, bot, I don't remember exactly the words, whatever, but she was saying how bodybuilders have been like celebrated for their, you know, building their that's bodies right. and blah, blah, blah. And that's unfair to obese people. And so we should have competitions uh, where, we're, you know, we're, we're parading obese people. And so I saw yeah, because this. they've built their bodies up too, right? Because they've built their yes. bodies up too. And I saw this, and <laughs> yeah. like I, me, my 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 brothers, my dad, like we love Austin Powers. We quote it all the time yeah. to each other and whatever. And in my head, the only thing I'm thinking is that scene. And and you can Getting go find the post, belly. and it's like fat bastard yeah. sitting in the bed eating chicken, and he's like, "Look at my sexy body," and like that's yeah. what it, you know, it's like. This is this is what it would be like. Like I don't know. Yeah, I can't be the only one who's thinking this. Anyways, interestingly, apparently yeah. the woman in that video is part of a group of people who wrote scientific articles making a mockery of the scientific journal community. And so they wrote these things that were completely ridiculous, like this concept of having these obese shows and got them accepted by journals just to make a point that like, look at how ridiculous science can be and it can be accepted by legit journals. So she didn't believe it. I don't remember her name. It doesn't matter. I okay. didn't attack her personally, and I don't think she anyone should. She was kind of calling out the science and yeah. So that, I think that clip was taken out of context. She was probably talking about how, like, look at this thing that we just like made up, and it was accepted yeah. by the scientific community. Yeah, um, which is a hilarious thing to do. But like, you know, then yeah. my response to that was like, well, you know, it's the internet; things will be taken out of context. Like, if you, if you yeah. play stupid games, you may win stupid prizes. Like, I, you know, that's you like. Be careful. Uh, <laughs> There's this whole undercover thing, a little bit off topic, but it's it, it, analogous to the scientific community, which is can be total BS with some of the stuff. But um, this person created a terrorist organization and then applied for the Better Business Bureau, which is you'd think is a government agency in America, but it's not. And uh, they have like a four star grade A rating with the Better <laughs> Business Bureau. And it's like a terrorist organization just to show that the Better Business Bureau is BS. You can pay your way into a good rating. Um, but intuitive fasting. Uh, I don't know what the difference between that and intuitive eating would be. It would If you're attempting to, I don't feel hungry, I'm going to continue to fast <laughs> versus I feel hungry, so I will eat. What was the explanation yeah, of it? I, I, again, I, I didn't. I didn't read it. It's it, you know, it was an entire okay. book, so I don't know. But it was just like that was basically it. It was like, well, when you're hungry, don't eat. And you know, maybe <laughs> again, maybe we're biased because like this is what we do and whatever. But it's like, yeah, uh, obviously. I mean, I, I don't like how far have we gotten away from you know normal living where it's like people need to read a book that says when you're not hungry, don't 
don't eat. I, I just like, that yeah. was the part that was so confusing to me. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there's a greater point here and the title was attention grabbing and I don't know, but, yeah. but it's just I mean, like, I've, I've talked weird. about the intuitive eating thing with you need to earn yeah. that ability. You know, intuitive eating is what got you in trouble <laughs> in the first place. That's what got you to three, 400 pounds was intuitive eating. So if you're, what you're doing intuitively is causing you to get overweight, then you got to earn it somehow. And that's where like the tracking and it all goes back to awareness. That's why people, we would encourage tracking to create that awareness. And then as you start to improve food quality, then you can maybe start to go, okay, I'm craving this ice cream now because I'm dehydrated. I maybe was low on carbs or low on fat or something like that. Um, but that comes from practice for you to get to that place. So yeah, intuitive fasting. How do you even write a book longer than that title? <laughs> <laughs> like, how's there? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna write a book called The Tomorrow Diet, and then it's just three hundred and sixty-five pages. You open it up day one, start tomorrow, and then every page it just says start tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be, it would be a good idea. I mean, yeah. I, listen, I, I don't, I don't know what the book was about, right? So, but it just, yeah. I think it the. The hilarious thing it says to me, a lot though. It just says a lot that it that it yeah. even exists and that it's like a it's it's someone thinks that it's marketable. I don't know if the book is selling. I have no idea. Um, yeah. but someone thinks that this is a good idea and that this is necessary. And because there's just, you know, so many people in the world, like there's gonna be some percentage of them who read that and be like, Oh, this is exactly what I needed. And this is what I you know, need. you and I are sitting here like, What the fuck have we been doing? Why didn't I just do that? It's the dumbest thing ever, but obviously I guess yeah. it works. But um I think I think the greater point here is that like We've gotten so far away from what's like normal eating and like healthy behaviors that we need weird rules and stuff like this. And we need to even like track our macros. Imagine telling someone 200 years ago to track their macros. Like, what the fuck? I, yeah. I'm starving. I, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's impossible yeah. to probably over. I mean, you got to figure it to, being overweight was a status symbol yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundreds or thousands of years ago because it showed that you had access to all this food. Yeah. And so you would eat in excess on purpose to be large, to show I'm the king, I'm large. <laughs> this is my status symbol. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it's so bad. I've pointed out on, so, on you know, social media stories or whatever before about I, I brought my son to Old Navy just to get some clothes. And there's a whole snack aisle when you get to checkout. <laughs> like, when did this happen? You go to Staples, there's a snack aisle. I mean, everywhere... There's food everywhere, and it's a shame that it's like this is disordered eating if you track your food. It's disordered eating if you don't want to eat the chips and you don't want to have the cake, and that we consider it living life, YOLO, live a little, if we if we overindulge. Like, that's living. Yeah. Come on, have some cake. Uh, no, I'm going to shit my pants. It doesn't make <laughs> me feel good. Oh, come on, live a little. Live a little. We're, it's so backwards. It's a shame. That nobody's calling it disordered that you're just eating at every whim. Yeah. But we call it disordered if you pay attention to your food. Yeah. That 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 fragility just bugs me to no end because I don't understand how that is how that is living and how like being healthy. Like the the fact that we even have this concept of like healthy lifestyle is is weird. Like it should just yeah, be like, right? well, there's a lifestyle. 
And then there's an unhealthy lifestyle. Like the default should be that you're healthy. Like we shouldn't have to be like yeah. making this thing like, oh, I went to the healthy restaurant. Like, well, why? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why. Health food store. Yeah, the health food store. Like what's the other store then, right? It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it, it's so strange. And I, you know, I get from the marketing how and how all this stuff has happened. And like, I, I just don't, I just don't know what the solution is. Like it, it just, I think it just really comes down to each individual conversations like this. And it's like, Hey, we got to, you know, one by one, this, there's no, there's no big way to like, Oh, we're just going to close all the fast food restaurants. No. Like, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's, like, so no, and I don't think it's going to get any better. Um, obviously the money behind the food industry and all that, all that stuff being in America, we're one of the worst with it. The things that are allowed in America that are banned in most countries. I mean, Mexico, you can't even advertise cartoon characters on cereal boxes, but in America, we do. Yeah. And we think that we're better. And it's like we're marketing kids and all that. So I don't think it's going to get any better. Like you said, it's <clears throat> it's just going to be that one-to-one thing. I just can't imagine from a global standpoint that all of a sudden we're going to have better food quality. You know, now we got that appeal food coding from Bill Gates that's on the stuff. Um, I was just I just saw a thing yesterday and I looked at the regular toothpaste we have in our house. I use a different toothpaste. But there's warning. There's a warning label. <laughs> really? On toothpaste, like if swallowed, call poison control. Like we're brushing our teeth with a thing <laughs> that if we swallow a little bit, call poison control. It's insane. We're coating food to make it last longer. It's it's uh, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. And and everybody talking about trying to save the earth. I wanted to make a post about this or talk about it. Nobody's trying to save the earth. Hundred percent. They're trying to. They're trying to save themselves, and they would be like, "How shitty can we be while while still saving humanity?" It's like the earth is going to win. They will. The earth will wipe us out before we destroy the earth. Yeah. We're not saving the earth. Yeah. You're trying to save your own version of it. You know, and it's all we're. You know, all, even all the the solar panels that we can't recycle, the electric vehicle batteries that we can't recycle. Like, there's going to be consequences later on in our attempts when all we got to do is get back to eating. Real food, yeah. moving, well, I don't know. One of the things that was like hilarious to me, I was at the grocery store, this was a while ago. <clears throat> In Canada now, there's like a big move to ban all plastic stuff. Like you can't get... A lot of we places. don't have plastic bags in get, New Jersey. Yeah, you can't get plastic bags. Yep. You can't get plastic straws. You can't get like styrofoam cups. Like there's all these like <laughs> things and it's like, you know, getting. So now we buy plastic instead of like the grocery bags that you just get at the store. Like now we have to pay for plastic bags to throw the garbage out with. Like it, it's like, yeah. well, we're just trading where this is coming from. But one of the most hilarious things, and I do these things with like retail employees. And again, it's not their fault, but I just like draw awareness to it. And it kind of makes me chuckle. <clears throat> I, uh, you know, bought whatever groceries and I didn't have bags with me. And she goes, do you need a bag? I said, I guess so. I can't carry all of these things in my hands. And then, so she takes out, she said, you have to pay for it. Okay, fine. She takes out, you know, this cloth bag rips off a giant plastic tag off the bag (laughs) and then throws that in the garbage. I said, oh, well, it's a good thing you didn't give me a plastic bag. So you could just throw that piece of plastic in the garbage instead. (laughs) And she stopped and she's like, you're right. And I said, yeah, but I, you know, and I said, no, it's not your fault, but like, this is a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's like, we're, we're, you could buy plastic bags in the store. You buy plastic trash bags. Yeah. You're, buying, you're buying. Yeah. It's like no one's solving anything. We're just trading where this is, where this is coming from. And it's, yeah, and it's, it's all stuff that ridiculous. makes people feel better yeah. about their contribution, but it's not actually doing anything. Yeah. You know, we're, we feel better and that's why people have food issues. They're eating to feel better because they're not addressing the root issue that's going on it's a comfort you know so yeah, yeah. And, the plastic stuff and just the, the normalization of this uh, like one quick little story and then, then we'll wrap this up i was shopping for a, a suit 
for my cousin's wedding coming up. And, you know, the suit is, you know, this size and whatever. And I like, I don't own a suit. So this may sound like no normal to, to people who are, you know, fashionable, whatever. But, um, the suit jacket was whatever size it, it was. And then, so that jacket comes with this size pants, that size pants was like five sizes too big for me. And they're like, well, you know, this is just how it goes. I'm like, there's no way that people with like, I know that I'm probably like a little bit wider than, than most people who are my height because I exercise, but I'm not, I'm pretty short, but I'm not like, I'm not that big. I'm not huge. Right. And so it's like, there's no way that most people with this size shoulders are this size waist. Like this is impossible. That would be That's me crazy. gaining like 70 pounds. Like it was well, not even close. And so I was like, how is this? Like, this is just normal. And if we just continue to normalize that, well, then of course that's going to happen. And again, it's yeah. with the clothes and just the way that we interact with the world at large. It just, it's, we need to go away from that and make it normal to be like, well, this size pants is for this size of person and that's yeah. a normal weight, right? Yeah, you should have just went and rented a rented a suit from a from a place. They'll, get, they'll be able to separate, and then if you get yeah. even more jacked, you're not going to have another you know, buy another suit. Yeah, exactly. Well, we were able but to solve is. it, but like that was the standard, and I was like, oh, that's this is that's, this yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's the thing. Like, what's normal shouldn't be. Yeah, what's normal now should not be normal, and and people need to understand that when people say this is normal, all that means is it's common. Mm. It's not natural. Yes. So just because it's normal to be overweight does not mean it's natural to be that overweight. Just because it's normal now for people to be shaped like that, that you're buying suits like that, does not mean it's natural. But it makes people feel a lot better. Well, this is normal. It's normal to get drunk every Friday. Is it? Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Is it good? Normal just means common. Coming coming full circle, right, to the just the importance of language, right? Normal versus common. It's not normal to be fat, weak, and uh, you know, in pain. But most people are that way. And that's unfortunate. Welcome to 40. I mean, you're, once you get <laughs> yeah, 30, yeah, you're going to turn 30 yeah. and all your unhealthy friends are going to be like, welcome to 30. Yeah. This is what it's like. Welcome to 40. I'm, I'm in a position. I love every year I've gotten older. I love getting older. I love it because I'm healthy. I'm enjoying every year. I, I can't wait for the grays to take over the entire beard. <laughs> you know, I, I want those things where other people they're dreading every year because they're not healthy. I mean, I've run in the former students, like you had talked about running in the friends from high school that you haven't seen in a while. And it's like, what's going on? I've had former students. I'm like, did we graduate together? And they're like, you were my teacher. I'm like, oh my God, how long ago did you graduate? Yeah. And it was like five years ago. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I thought you were like late 30s. In yeah. your early 20s, just the way that people are abusing their body, I understand them not wanting to get older. you know. But if you can prioritize health, you can get stronger, you're going to absolutely enjoy getting older every year. Yeah. Because you you stand out even more, you know? And even if it's just just for yourself, I don't walk around like, look at me. Um, I still have all my insecurities of wanting to take (laughs) a shirt off and all those things. Um, But it just feels good, you know, to be getting older and be like, I'm doing things that my father couldn't do when he was my age. So it's nice. It's enjoyable. Shocker that it feels good to feel good and that that should be, that should be normal. And the, you know, waking up and being in pain and be like, oh, I can't go, go swimming with with my kids or go play, you know, whatever, like can't just randomly go play a game of uh, football or volleyball with, with your buddies. Like, that's not like, you don't want to get to that point, but if you do nothing, then you're going to get there very quickly. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I mean, just all the things in your life that you're going to need to get help for if you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. I took this roof rack rack off my Jeep. It was heavy as hell. Like I was very impressed with myself. <laughs> I got this thing off off my. I was like, this was really freaking heavy, and uh, I didn't need any help. But the average person probably would need 
maybe at least three people yeah. to get this thing off uh, just because the awkwardness of it. But somehow I managed to get it off. It's like, it was a nice challenge. You felt good afterwards. Yeah. Do hard things. Challenge yourself. You feel good afterwards. There's a reward right away when you do those challenging things. Yeah. Agreed. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully this conversation helps at least one person avoid that. And, and if not, then, you know, we'll just keep doing it. So until it works. You just keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep doing it. Same thing with the posted stuff. Everybody trying to grow their social media, just post your stuff. And do it regardless of the response. You know, show up to the gym regardless of the response that day. Eat the right thing regardless if it made you feel great immediately because it will. There's always going to be that, you know, that payoff. But just keep doing those things. Keep showing up. Well said, Jimmy. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate you. Um, where can people find you and in, in, in the in the podcast and whatnot? Rattle off all that contact info. I'll throw it in the show notes as well, though. Yeah, just on Instagram at Jimmy Nutrition. Uh, we do have an Instagram, which I'm very bad at uploading videos of <laughs> uh, for the uh, the podcast, Other Side Lifestyle Podcast on Instagram. And then, yeah, you can just search Other Side Lifestyle Podcast on, you know, all the platforms and, and catch that. But yeah, just Jimmy Nutrition on Instagram is the easiest way to get in touch if you want to see anything. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes for everyone. Jimmy Nutrition and Other Side Lifestyle Podcast. Find it everywhere. Jimmy, is there any last message you want to leave the people with here in closing? That's it. Just keep listening to Dan here. <laughs> I appreciate you. And listen to Jimmy and Aram as well. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Jimmy Nutrition, everyone on Instagram, Other Side Lifestyle, at Daniel Yours as well. If you're not following me there, give the episode a share, subscribe, rating, and review. All that stuff goes a long way in getting this message out there and helping more people, hopefully. That's that. Go outside, be a good person. See you soon.